You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Today we continue our journey. Uh, we call this journey uh, Finding Your Way Back to God. Finding Your Way Back to God. This, this journey we're on is made up of five awakenings. Um, last week we talked about the first awakening, the awakening to longing. And um, we all have longings in our life. And, and one statement that we might make to really illustrate those longings is there's got to be more. There's got to be more. We talked about longings often involving relationships, a longing for love. We talked about our longings involving purpose. You know, from the time we're, we're very young, what do you want to be when you grow up? And a five-year-old, a five-year-old has a sense of purpose stirring in them. They don't need money. They don't need to make money. They don't need to go to work, right? But they can often tell you what they want to be. But you know, we eventually get to that place where we are what we want it to be. And sometimes we say, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Or maybe the longing for meaning the longing for meaning, uh, why? Why so much suffering? Why so much pain? I mean, every week in the news. Last week, I, I told a story of, of child abuse that had hit the news. This past week, uh, a young lady, a teenager, actually, that my wife um, taught um, ran away from home. It looked like she was kidnapped, but in the end, um, she ran off with her boyfriend, but there were actually sex traffickers involved in this story that could have turned very, very ugly. If God's all-powerful, if he knows all things, why doesn't he intervene more often? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. You know, our art uh, illustrates this. Uh, the stories we read, um, the songs we sing, um, our band's going to illustrate for us right now. And I think you're going to help them out. Um, these longings that we have, our songs even speak of longing. All right, we're going to do a song, and if you know the words, sing along with us. Just my find You get what 
They're pretty good, aren't they? But in all seriousness, listen to the longing. There's longing in those songs. The truth of the matter is God has placed longing deep within our souls. Longing either leads us to do things we never really intended to do and and causes us to end up in a place we never intended to be, that place can draw us to God. That season in our life where we're at rock bottom can open our eyes that there's more that our deep sense of longing can only be ultimately fulfilled in a relationship with God. You know, there's faith that must be exercised when you have why questions. Questions that really I cannot answer perfectly, that you will never answer perfectly, but you exercise trust in God. Purpose, a longing for purpose. It's a good longing that we have within us. And when we have everything, we fulfilled every goal we ever had, and yet still feel there's got to be more, there is more. God created you to be a part of his family, to live in relationship, to be a citizen of his kingdom a forever kingdom that we can make an investment in right now, right now, as we live on this earth. Love, I have one of the most wonderful wives, the most wonderful wife she puts up with me, right? On the face of this earth. But you know, my life is not completed through Jennifer. She's a, a special part of my life, but ultimately my life is complete through Jesus Christ, a relationship with God that comes through him. Now today, we're going to talk about a second longing, all right? Actually, a second awakening, Awakening to longing, week one. Awakening, it doesn't sound as pretty. Awakening to regret. Awakening to regret. You see, when we try to live out those longings in ways God had never intended for us to, and when we end up in places we never intended to go, just like the prodigal son, we hear it in this story, we have regrets. And as we see today, we can live forever with those regrets, or we can leave our regrets behind. I wish I could start over would be the phrase that you might say when it comes to this awakening. Awakening to regret. I wish I could start over. I wish I could make a different decision. 
I wish I could do things differently, make better choices in my life. I'm telling you, believe it or not, you can leave regret behind. You can experience a fresh start in your life. There's two phrases in the story that Kevin read a moment ago that I want us to focus in on. Verse 17 and verse 18. If you have your Bible, you might want to just keep this open. Um, I want those words to really go deep. I want you to hear them. I think if you see them, it might help. If you don't have a Bible, take one from the pew in front of you. You can keep it. You know the story. Dad, I want my inheritance. I want it now. The dad very graciously gave him his inheritance. Now, guys, asking for your inheritance, we've already said, is like saying, Dad, would you hurry up and die? I want what's coming to me. His dad graciously gave him what was coming to him, and he, he went off and partied. Now, guys, I'm not stupid. You're not stupid. None of us are stupid. Partying is a lot of fun when you're in the middle of the party. Is that true? Amen. Thank you, Ray. I know that voice anywhere. No, no, it really is. Don't let someone lie to you and tell you partying's not fun. Partying is a blast. I was a professional partier in high school. I mean, I was. But you know, partying um, doesn't always end well when it's a lifestyle, right? In fact, it seldom ends well, and it didn't end well for the son in our story because he ended up broke. He ended up feeding pigs. Let's just say um, the economy turned because there was no food to eat in the land in which he had fled to. And so he's looking at the pig slop and he's wanting to eat it. The Bible says, but when he came to himself, when he came to himself, the New Living Translation, when he came to his senses, I had a teacher in high school, he said, uh, he said to himself, self? I mean, he's talking to himself, right? He's processing deeply. And when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? By the way, no one would give him food. I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Two phrases. He came to himself, he came to his senses and I will arise and go to my father. I guarantee that came to his senses has something to do with regret. It does. He probably said, man, I was stupid. How in the world did I end up here? Why do I feel so empty? Why after I had so much fun have I ended up 
here in this place at this time? Betrayed? Probably. Where's all the friends he partied with? Guys, what I love about God's word, what I love about Jesus is he what is that he meets us right where we find ourselves he doesn't tell us to get cleaned up he wants us to come to him right where we find ourselves and he accepts us but i want you to hear this he doesn't want us to live a life marked by regret it'll kill you It'll rob you. The enemy, Jesus said, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Regret will steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Some of you um, read the um, E! News this week, and um, some of you know um, what Kopi. Um, Luak is, uh, Kopi Luak is the most expensive um, coffee uh, on the face of the earth. Um, it comes from Indonesia. Kopi is the Indonesian word um, for coffee. Luak is a civet or a cat-like animal. And so the coffee is grown and it's a great blight, almost fruit-like um, Thing and at night the um, luak eats this fruit-like thing, and the next morning the locals dig through its excrement and remove the beans. This is true. This is true. And so the finest coffee on the face of the earth comes from crap. <laughs> no other way to say it. Excuse me if you're an older child or student in the service. Why do I even tell that illustration? Why? It could easily take us off track and never return, but, but I believe we can return. And here's why. Often, the best things in life come from the hardest times in life. The times that stink. Seriously. I'll say the word one more time, but the times that you might say, this is a bunch of crap. Have you ever been there? Say, Dale, you don't know my life. It's far worse than that. I understand. You're right. I don't know your life. My life's been pretty simple. Some difficult times. Difficult times coming out of high school in particular, but God poured out his grace on me and he taught me some things early in life. But it doesn't mean that I've not had regrets as a husband, regrets as a father, regrets as a pastor. You see this awakening to longing and awakening to regret, right? I wish I could start over. 
It doesn't just hit us once in life. We are on a faith journey. So even though we enter into a relationship with Christ, we still blow it over the course of our life and we have to come to our senses because our Christian life is a journey. It is a journey. I want you to listen to Jake's story Um, Jake helps us to understand this concept of coming to uh, our senses. Uh, I grew up in a a Christian home um, with two parents who also grew up in in Christian families. When I was young, about seven, my my parents moved to a camp in central Illinois, a Christian youth camp. And that was a really, really cool way to grow up, uh, just surrounded by youth groups and Christian kids, and coupled with that, I also grew up in the church, surrounded by a family that uh, didn't just believe it, but they lived it. You know, I had a faith, I saw how it had played out in my family's lives, but I did not have a direction, and I did not have a purpose that I felt like I was being pulled towards or called to, just kind of searching, longing for a fulfillment that it seemed like everybody else in my family had. After you know, searching from school to church, um, you know, the slopes of Colorado, I think I finally came down to, well, I want to pursue music in some sort. And I had a cousin in Nashville, and I finally just said, all right, let's go, let's try it. And then I moved down to Nashville, just hoping to find music or write or play, or yeah, I wasn't really sure. Um, and just started bartending and waiting tables. Alongside that was was just a, a life of partying, of pleasure. I mean, just fun. Uh, it was great. I'm not going to lie. It was a blast. I had a lot of fun, but it's also very unhealthy. It just became continual. Just meeting girls and and drinking. By five years in, I had moments where I laughed at myself and knew fools do this. You are living like a fool. Probably a year and a half after that, six and a half years in, uh, by that point, it was serious. It was drinking every day as soon as I get up uh, because I would have a horrible hangover. And I was starting to think, this is going to be rough, making a change at this point. It's going to be rough making a change at this point. We're going to hear more of Jake's story in a little while. But guys, the truth of the matter is um, change isn't easy. I wish I could tell you, you just pray a prayer and all your problems are erased, all your bad decisions, all the consequences from your bad decisions, they're just wiped out. Oh, God forgives us of our sins. That's, there's no doubt But the scars, the pain, the consequences, um, they can come and be just put in our face again and again. You know, sometimes we, we remember family members, we hit rock bottom and we start hearing what our family members had said to us. They tried to get us to make different choices. Maybe they confronted us hard. 
They got in our face. They shook us. But we knew better. You know, it's one of the hardest things in life is to simply say I was wrong. Is that not true? I was wrong. I was wrong. You know, when you get to that place, you're asking yourself some questions. Can I really change? This has been going on a while. Can my life really be different? Will other people ever see me as anything other than a blank? Can I change? Can people really see me differently? And and really deep down, can God, can God forgive me? Can I really change? Now guys, when we're talking about regret, we need coffee stories and we need little movie clips every now and then. Now, this is a deep, deep movie. It's right up there with, with um, I don't know, you, you know, the deepest head, maybe some Shakespeare drama, right? I think it's called planes, trains, and automobiles or something like that. There's a scene in this movie that really illustrates what I'm talking about. Look right now. What's going on? Joker wants to race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want some? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> You're going to kill somebody! You're going the wrong way! Truck, what? Maybe you, you've been there. I think we've all been there. We've all been there. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us, we've turned our own way, right? 
You know, sin is a word that, you know, kind of sets us back, but we all sin. We've all chosen our way over God's way. The question is, will we live lives marked by regret? We'll, we'll have scars. There were scars in that story, right? But scars do not have to equal regret for the rest of our life. There's something that's been called the sorry cycle. All right, I'm sorry, right? Let's look at that cycle on the screen. Longing, regret. Longing, regret. Say it with me. Longing, regret. You see, if you're not careful, this cycle can last a year, years, a lifetime. It's not God's intention for you to stay on that merry-go-round, for you to continue that cycle God is not, as one author said, a cosmic policeman that's waiting in heaven to knock you over your head every time you fail. God doesn't want you to live that regret, that cycle, longing regret, longing regret. He wants us to come to our senses. One author said these words, you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge and what you don't consciously acknowledge will remain in control of you from within, festering and destroying you and those around you. There's a biblical word that will break that cycle that we looked at. The biblical word is repentance. Repentance. Unfortunately, the church, I don't believe, has done a great job illustrating, casting vision of what this word actually means. There's a New Testament word, a Greek word, that means repentance. It is translated repentance. It means to change your mind. There's a Hebrew word for repentance, and it means to go back home. Repentance, repentance is about emotion. It is about emotion I said it wrong. I cheat every now and then and my cheat sheet wasn't up. Y'all get it, don't you? Repentance is about motion, not just emotion. Sometimes when we think of 
repentance, we think of a street preacher preaching on hell. Sometimes when we think of repentance, we think of guilt, remorse. It's all negative. But repentance is motion, not just emotion. Repentance isn't just coming to your senses. Repentance involves movement. We see that in the son's life. He came to his senses, he came to himself, but then he got up and went home. He got up and went to his father. You see, I think we're really good about feeling bad. I really do. Usually we feel bad, we feel convicted, we have regrets, but we leave it there. But see, that's not what happens in this story. The son comes to his senses and he returns home. Emotion, part of repentance. Motion must follow the emotion. Repentance has been defined in many ways, but repentance is a change of thinking. It is a change of thinking. The simplest way, it's a change of thinking that results in action, but more technically, it's a change of thinking that results in a change of direction. You're going one way and you turn and go another way. There's a couple scriptures that illustrate repentance and I would like to share them with you. The first one kind of illustrates um, this sorrow concept and it says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation, what? without regret. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. You see, you can have longing and regret, longing and regret. You can be in that I'm sorry cycle and it kill you. It kill you. Look at this passage in the book of Acts. You talk about a very positive passage concerning repentance. Acts 3, verse 19. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. How many times have you thought of times of refreshing when you've thought of the word repentance? You see, this awakening to regret it's not a killer. It's a life giver. Maybe you think you're the only one in this room that's in the situation you're in right now. Maybe you think you're the only one in this room with the history 
that you have, your unique history, maybe your unique series of terrible decisions, right? Stupid decisions, right? I guarantee that's not the case. That's one thing I don't like about worship in a large gathering is I guarantee on row four, there is someone who, uh, let me not, uh, on row row four, five, six, seven, you know, y'all be looking around. (laughs) There is someone going through a very difficult time and someone on row 20 has already been there and could speak encouragement into your life. I know that to be true. It's only only negative about large group versus small group. That's why we, we focus so much of our attention on life groups. So much of our attention. Repentance. Repentance. It's motion, not just emotion. It's a change of thinking that results in a change of direction. Often there is something we do that illustrates that moment in time when you change direction, it's baptism. Usually our parting was public, our mistakes were public, our failures were public. And so now when we say, I am to the best of my ability going to follow Jesus, and I wanna go public with my faith. Often people follow Christ in baptism. Now do not confuse what I'm saying. I'm not saying every time you blow it, you need to be baptized, no. I am saying that baptism is a picture, not of being washed of your sin, it's actually a picture of saying, I'm going to die to my old way of life and by God's power, I'm going to be raised to live a new life. Regret causes death. Repentance brings life. It's such a beautiful word. It is a beautiful thing. Romans 5, 8. I just want to say, most of you know this. Most of you might not live this, but I believe most of you know this. And that is you are loved. God loves you. He is the father in this story. He runs to you. He doesn't run from you. He's inviting you in the midst of regret to lean into him. How do I know he loves you? Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still choosing our way over his way, while we were going the wrong way, right? Christ died for us. The creator of the universe laid down his life so that you might have a life worth living. David blew it terribly in his life. 
His life could have been marked by forever regret. Adultery um, really um, underlying his, his escapades. He, he um, organized the death of Bathsheba's husband. He was responsible for death. And yet here's what he says about God and his forgiveness. For as the high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. What a beautiful picture of forgiveness. I was talking to a, a friend um, before the service and, and we were chit-chatting and, and really I could have that conversation with, with most of you and you might flippantly say this same thing and, and she said, I have so many regrets. I told her I'm preaching on regret today, a real positive subject. And she said, I have so many regrets. Don't live with so many regrets. God, when we acknowledge, when we come to our senses, when we say, Father, give me the strength to turn and go in a new direction, God takes our sins and he casts them as far as the east is from the west. That's an infinite distance, by the way. The Bible says he remembers them no more. They no longer affect his relationship with us. He says, forgiven. Father, I thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you have called us. You have called, you've um, awakened us to regret, to the feeling I wish I could start over but you've done that not to beat us down, but to raise us up, to give us life. You are a good God. You are forgiving. You are caring. You are sacrificing. You gave your son. He, you showed us your love. And we thank you for that. Father, help us to take concrete steps to leave behind regret and start fresh and anew today, this week. Free us from that which shackles us and give us life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask those serving communion to come forward at this time. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward at this time. You know, you might be the person in that car screaming, you're going the wrong way, right? Maybe that's you. 
Maybe your heart's broken right now this moment for a friend or loved one that you see headed for destruction. I encourage you to pray with our prayer partners. I pray that God would give you great mercy and wisdom and insight and patience. Maybe you're the person going the wrong way. God is waiting. He longs for you to come to your senses. I pray that you might run to him today. This table, this cup, this bread, it's a picture of grace. It's a picture of Christ's love, God's love for you. We take the bread, Christ's body broke for you, and we dip it in the cup, Christ's blood shed for you. I pray that you might celebrate life at the table of grace today. I encourage you to pray with our prayer partners. Receive the encouragement God wants you to receive today. And that's my prayer today. Won't you come?